Go with me, if you would, this evening to the book of John, the 14th chapter. John 14, 16, Jesus said, I'll pray the Father and he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. Now, comforter uh, means a lot of things. Uh, The Amplified, uh, I believe it has seven names, doesn't it? In the Amplified, trying to describe the one Greek word. But uh, one of the big words you could use is helper. Every one of those words, advocate, intercessor, standby, all of those you could say are, are, are help. They're all help of some form or fashion. And the Holy Spirit is the helper, capital H. And uh, Jesus said, I'm, I'm going to pray the Father. He's going to give you another comforter. Well, another because he was their comforter while he was with them. But he said, I'm, I'm leaving. And they were upset about that. He says, but don't be. He said, it's actually going to be expedient or better for you than when I was with you like this. Now, that was hard for them to receive, I'm sure. But it's true. And do you know, we don't have to look back longingly to what it might have been like to be one of the 12 disciples and walk with Jesus. According to the scriptures, we got it better than they had it. Did you know that? Because we we, we don't just have the opportunity of traveling with Jesus and hearing Jesus. We got the spirit of Jesus in us 24-7. Now that, that needs to be more real to us though. And it can be, and that's why we're on this subject. Verse 17, even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it sees him not, neither knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and shall be in you. And in our day and time, uh, after the cross and after the day of Pentecost, this is a reality to those that have received him. He is with us and he is in us. Skip down to verse 26. But the Comforter, he said, which is the Holy Ghost, or Holy Ghost is an old uh, English word for spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said to you. The Holy Spirit is, is our divine helper given to teach us to guide us, to lead us, to enable us. If this is true, and we have all this help available to us, why are so many obviously operating without it? Why are so many stumbling along obviously just on their own? Well, I I know of two big reasons. We're going to talk about those this evening. And I'm not saying these are the only reasons, but these two big ones that I'm aware of. Number one is ignorance. You you have to know uh, about the, the Holy Spirit and you have to look to Him and train yourself to look to Him. The scripture said, in all your ways, acknowledge Him and He'll direct your paths. And there's a whole lot of people that are just, they live completely unaware 
of the Holy Spirit's presence. They don't look to him. They don't rely on him. And as a result, they don't get, they don't get his help. They're on their own. Let me ask you a question, saints. With divine help, on your own ability. Which, huh? <laughs> your, your meager experience and what little bit of knowledge is between your ears or him who has existed from eternity past knows everything about everything. With divine help, on your own. Which one? Help me out. Which one? Huh? Now that that seems like a, an obvious, obviously easy choice. And yet, I'm telling you, millions of believers, they believe in God, they believe in Jesus, they believe they're going to heaven, church-going people. But when it comes time to get up and go to work and go to school and deal with the kids and deal with life, they don't look to him. They don't ask. They don't rely. They're not open. They just, and that's, that's why there's so much struggle. And that's why there's so many mistakes. And that's why there's so much failure. If we didn't need his help, the Lord wouldn't have said all this and he wouldn't have made this amazing provision. In fact, he told the, the apostles as he was leaving, he had, he had given them the great commission to go into all the world and preach the gospel, but he told them explicitly, don't go until you, you tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you're endued with power from on high. You don't go to do what I've told you to do until you've got this divine help. And so they did, and so they received, and on the day of the Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came and sat on all of them and enabled them and empowered them, and then they went out in the power of the Spirit, and the book of Acts is the chronicles of all that they did in and by the power of the Spirit. Are we a part of the same church as this book of Acts? Do we have the same gospel? Do we have the same name of Jesus? Do we have the same help they had? Do you suppose we could learn how to depend more on him? Lean more on him? Rely more on him? It begins with a simple awareness. A looking to him. In all your ways acknowledge him. And he shall direct your paths. Go with me to Romans, if you would, the, the eighth chapter. In Romans, the eighth chapter, verse six, to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. The carnal mind is enmity against God. It's not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. They that are in the flesh cannot please God. But you're not in the flesh. But in the spirit. Now you have to keep in mind what he just got through saying. This doesn't mean we're not living in the flesh. We're not carnally minded. We're not just limited to what our five senses are, are, are letting us know. If so be that the spirit of God dwell in you. Now if any man have not the spirit of Christ. He's none of his. And if Christ be in you. 
The body's dead because of sin, but the spirit is life or alive because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwells in you. Verse 14, for as many as are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God. How many would testify and say, I I know I'm Christ. I know I've been born again. I know I have the Spirit of the Lord in me. Well, then you're a son of God. That refers to God has male and female sons. You're a son of God. And sons of God should what? Verse 14, they should be led by the Spirit of God. Led. Who's leading you? Who's leading you? The truth is, with, with many, many people, they are leading themselves. They're leading themselves. The Spirit of God's not leading them. Read it again, verse 14. This ought to be a very significant verse to us, like all of them. What does it say? As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Sons of God ought to be led by the Spirit of God. Who's leading you? Who's leading you? Mama? Political correctness? Needs? Who's leading you? Who's leading you? There there are a myriad of things that can lead you. You can be led by fears. Begin to examine why you're doing what you're doing. I mean everything. Why did you go? Why didn't you go? Why did you buy that and get that? Why didn't you get that? A whole lot of good Christian people, I mean masses of good Christian people, are led by price. Price, cost. There's a whole lot of people. When it comes to getting something, the first thing what they want to know is what? (laughs) How much? And usually they want to know what's the cheapest. But if you bought it because it was the cheapest, what led you? Price. The low price is what led you. Is that the same as being spirit-led? No. No. (laughs) If you didn't go, you weren't a part of something, you weren't involved in it, you need to ask yourself, why didn't I go? Why, Why didn't you go? Well, I didn't think I'd be comfortable. I was afraid to go. I, well, if you're afraid to go, you didn't go because you were afraid to go. What led you? Fear led you. Can you see this, friends? If fear led you, it wasn't the Spirit of God leading you. Can you see already that all kind of good Christian people, that they're thoroughly saved, they believe in God, but they're not being led by the Spirit. They're being led by all manner of things, but not Him. You must train yourself. Every time something comes up, you must train yourself 
and reminding yourself, okay, I'm not going to be led by what I want to do or don't want to do or what they want to do or don't want me to do. I'm not going to be led by how high it is or how low it is or how far it is or how dangerous it seems. I'm going to be led by the Spirit of God. Now, this is a radically different life. Then many, most people, I should say, on the planet are living. Oh, but friend, when you learn how to do it, you tap into something that, take, that puts you on a higher plane of life. You start winding up at the right place at the right time and the right situations are happening. Things you could not have known, things you did not know. You didn't go there because... You analyzed it. We're not in Sarasota because of statistics. If you're looking for population, there's a lot more in St. Pete or Tampa or Fort Myers or other places. Why here? Why here? Our other churches in Branson. Population of Branson is about what? Six, seven thousand? Six or seven thousand. Now we get millions of people that come through to visit and vacation, but you don't build a church on that. Why there? Well, why anything? Come on, are you listening to me, friends? Why anything? For a child of God, there's supposed to be one answer all the time. The Spirit of God led me. Led me. Now, that sounds strange to people. Even a lot of Christians, they, they find fault with folks like us, and they say, oh, these people claiming they heard from God, claiming God told me this, God told me that. One fellow was saying one time, he said, all these people always claiming to hear from God all the time. So that bothers me. The other guy said, well, I tell you, all these people that never hear from God, that bothers me. And don't misunderstand, there's a lot of people saying God said and he hadn't said anything about what they're saying. They are making stuff up and they are imagining stuff, but it doesn't change the fact of this verse right here. Come on, friends, read it, verse 14. What does it say? What does it say? As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Of God. Should sons of God be led by the Spirit of God? Can sons of God be led? Obviously, obviously. Keep reading next two verses. Verse 15. You've not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. So he mentions specifically something that ought not be leading us fear. 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 If you didn't have the surgery, it must not be because you were afraid to. Did you hear me, friends? If you didn't go to the doctor, or if you didn't do this or didn't do that, sometimes people are, they're doing things out of fear, and then they call it faith. And then when they don't get good results, people scoff and say, oh, see, that faith stuff doesn't work. Well, it never was faith. It was always fear. And people tried to cover it up and act like it was faith. Friend, if you let fear lead you, you wind up letting the enemy lead you. 
And he'll lead you into a trap. He'll lead you into destruction. I want you to, I want you to declare it out loud tonight and say, I don't follow fear. Have you ever been tempted to do something because because of fear? Oh, sure. Make a decision because of fear. Man, if you don't do this, this is going to happen. You better do this or this is going to happen. And, and anytime something comes up, don't just jump. What should you do? In all your ways, acknowledge the Lord. Ask him, Lord, which way do I go? What should I do? And be willing for him to show you which way to go. And it, oftentimes, it's very different than what you thought in your mind. Or what it looked like you should do. Keep reading. We didn't receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. We received the spirit of adoption. Whereby we cry Abba Father. The spirit who leads us is the comforter. Last time I was with you we talked about that. The comforter makes you comfortable. Right? And the peace of God that passes understanding keeps your heart and mind. When you're going the right way, when you're following him, you got peace, peace, peace. When something's bothering you, you just can't get settled about it. The further you go, the more it bothers you. It's time to stop. Stop. And assess, what am I doing? Verse 16. The Spirit itself, or as most of your modern translations will say, Himself. Because He's not in it. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Now this, I think one of the things that's confusing to people when they talk about, well, God told me this, God told me that. They they hear that and they think, well, He's hearing a voice. He's hearing an audible voice. And and some of the confusion is in how God communicates with us. How does he communicate according to this verse? His spirit bears witness with what? Not your brain, not your emotions, but your spirit. That's inside you. It's a knowing, a witnessing with, a sense a knowing. Don't try to hear voices. Don't try to be led by goosebumps or hot flashes or cold flashes. Don't try to see things and feel things. This is the number one way God leads his people. Now, spectacular things can happen. But don't seek the spectacular and miss the supernatural. This is available all the time. Not talking about hearing the voice. We're talking about having a knowing on the inside of you. And the Spirit of God can speak inside you and it can just come up to your mind and illuminate you and enlighten you. Things you didn't figure out, you didn't come up with, it came out of your spirit. And it came from Him. And you can just know that you know which way to go. You can just know. People say, well, why aren't you doing that? How do you know that? I just know. How do you know? I know it by the witness. Not an audible voice. Not seeing an an angel. Just knowing the witness inside. Can you say amen? amen? Children of God can know that they are children of God by the witness of the Spirit. Well, if he can let you know you're a child of God, he can let you know something else. That means he's communicating with you. Right? Right? 
And he can let you know something else. Go back to verse 14. I know we're going over it two or three times, but I want this burning in your spirit tonight before you get out of here. Say it out loud. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Sons of God can be, ought to be led by the Spirit of God. How about you? Are you a child of God? Hmm? Then what are you led by? Cheapest price. Huh? Whatever is easiest. Whatever all your friends agree on. Whatever is politically correct. Whatever causes you the least trouble. Problem. What are you led by? Now it's, it's easy. I've already given you the right answer. It's easy to say it in here tonight. But do you know what we're talking about? I'm challenging you and me both. Let's examine why are we doing what we're doing? How are we making the decisions we're making? Based on what? You can make decisions based on experience. Is that the best way? No. You can make decisions based on knowledge and understanding. Is that the best way to make a decision? No. Now God gave you a mind. He intends for you to use it. But he does not intend for you to rely on it to lead you. And that's where folks are making the mistake. Oftentimes after you've thought, after you've searched, after you've analyzed, after you've talked, and you the, the, the thing is, you can never know enough to make a perfect decision. Because you don't, you don't even know what's going to happen tomorrow. Right? <laughs> Much less next week or next year or next decade. And your knowledge, even the most learned among us, knows so little. What we know is just so minuscule to what there is to be known. And that's why before Jesus left, he looked at the disciples and he said, you boys need help. (laughs) That's a Keith Moore paraphrase. But essentially he said, I'm sending you some help because you need help. How many would say, I need help? help. This is one of the first steps in operating a spiritual life, is that you acknowledge, I don't know enough to make the right decisions. I will never know enough, and nobody around me will ever know enough to make a perfect decision based just on what we know, or what we've seen, or what we've experienced, or what we've done. I need, I must have, I require, I'm dependent on the help of the Holy Spirit. Can you say amen? Amen. Go to James, please. James 4 and verse 6 says, He gives more grace, wherefore he says, God does what? Resist the proud. Do you want to be resisted of God? Certainly not. Then what must you not be? Proud. 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 Pride. Let me say it like this. There is nothing good about pride. 
I know in our, in our modern American society and, and vernacular, a lot of people think you got good pride and bad pride. Not so. People say, well, I'm, I'm proud to be an American. I'm, I'm proud to be a Christian. I'm proud of my kids. I'm proud of my grandkids. All bad. <laughs> you can be thankful. Amen. Did you hear me, friends? You can be thankful. You can be pleased. But pride is the very nature of the devil himself. Amen. And you want to learn more about it. And you want to quit using the word. What can I say? I shouldn't say I'm proud of my kids. Say what God Almighty said. This is my beloved son in whom I am. You never heard him saying I'm proud. And you never will. And the reason why people are so resistant to that is because there's a wrong mentality about it. And people actually are proud of being proud. Or some folks are proud of how humble they think they are. It's a convoluted mess, I'm telling you. And we need light and understanding. But just this one verse alone, do you want to be resisted of God? Then what must you not be? Proud. So even if what I've said sounds strange to you, don't throw it away. Put your nose in the book. Study on this. See what's right and what's wrong about this. This is, this is the core of what we're dealing with right now. Can you read the rest of it. God resists the proud, but what? He gives grace to who? To who? The humble. The humble. The Holy Spirit, our helper that we're talking about, is also called the Spirit of Grace. And when we get help from the Spirit of grace, we're receiving grace. Who gets the grace? The humble. Who doesn't get the grace? The proud. And one of the key characteristics about the proud is they think they don't need help. (laughs) Can you see this? This is one of the big problems. People think, well, you know, If I really get in desperate trouble, I'll call on God. But but pretty much my day-to-day life, I got it. I got it covered. You know, I've been doing this for 40 years. I can do this. I know a few things. It's not my first rodeo. I've been around. I've seen some stuff. (laughs) You're full of pride. And the proud don't get help. Not from God. And if you had your eyes opened, you would realize just how pitiful you're doing on your own. Because the truth is, you need help. Oh, you need help every hour of every day. I need help. Come on, or. And that's not the end of it. The good news is we don't just need help. We have help. We've got amazing, divine help. We've got the helper. Greatest help there has ever been. But you got to overcome this self-sufficient pride. 
I don't need help. I don't need anybody's help. I pulled myself up by my own bootstraps. I'm a self-made man. <laughs> well, then you ain't much. <laughs> if you made yourself, I assure you, you may, you may imagine you're all that. <laughs> but if you really are self-made, ain't much to you. You know what's worse than being dumb? Being dumb and thinking you're smart. <laughs> Not knowing how dumb you are. <laughs> and if you'll start walking with the Lord and have some humility before him, he will begin to reveal to you what you need and how he can help you with that. And he will make you something. You don't want to be a self-made man. You want to be a God-made Oh, come on, are you listening? You, you want to be a God-made man. God made life. God made marriage. God made family. God made church. God made ministry. God made business. And for that, you must have help. Everybody said out loud, I need help. All the time. In everything. I'm not so ignorant. I'm not so proud as to think I don't need help. I know I do. Humble people pray because they know they need help. Proud folks think, ah, I got this. <laughs> no need to stop mass for help. No need to, I've done this a thousand times. Proud people just blare ahead, do it on their own. Humble people know from the start, I'll never do what, I, what needs to be done without his help. I don't even know what needs to be done till I check with him and find out. I, I, I won't even have enough heartbeats to make it through the day unless he gives them to me. I wouldn't have enough brightness of mind to put one concept together with another unless he gives it to me. He didn't just make me. He sustains me and you every millisecond of every day. He's given us the oxygen we breathe, the gravity that's holding our feet to the ground. Come on, are you listening to me? Everything that's going right, every good and perfect gift has come from him. Do you believe this, friends? Now, there are people, there are, there are ignorant, prideful people that don't believe this. They believe that, you know, there is no God and, and they're doing, but, but the Bible said the fool says there is no God. The Bible says they're fools. And one of these days they'll find out, but it could be too late for some of them. No, wise people acknowledge now and realize now I need you. Every hour I need you. And not just stop begging that I need you, but acknowledge right after that, I have you. I have you. And I'm going to rely on you. And I'm not going to try to do this by myself. I'm going to let you help me, Lord. I'm going to let you help me, Lord. Say that out loud. I'm going to let you help me, Lord. I am. I'm going to let you help me. Thank you, Lord. Go with me over to Psalm 81. Psalm 81 and 11. We said, if the Holy Spirit is so amazing, and if he is 
given to us and all this wisdom and knowledge and understanding and all this grace and help is available all the time, then why are still so many struggling just in their own strength and with their own little knowledge? Why? One reason we said is ignorance. A whole lot of people have not found out yet that he's been given, that he's available, that he wants to help. But then the second one is pride. It's why many, even though they're aware of the Holy Spirit, they keep trying to do it on their own. And not just not checking in with him, but not listening to him when he gives them something. is a huge problem. It's the HH syndrome. Hardhead. <laughs> they're, they're displaying symptoms of uh, stubbornness. Again and again, the Spirit of God shows people things and they refuse to do it. He reveals things to people and they don't want to hear it, they don't want to see it, got their mind made up. This is one of the biggest problems in Christendom. It's always been this way. God's first covenant people. How many times did you hear him refer to them as stiff-necked? Hmm? What does that mean? What's a stiff neck? Show me a stiff neck. What's that? What, what picture does that paint? Unyielding. Ain't gonna do it. It's the nature of the flesh. You can hear it in little ones. They can't even talk yet. And you try to get them to do something and they, what do they say? No! No! That is the voice of the flesh. And you got flesh and I got flesh. And you know what your flesh will say a lot of times if you let it? No! 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 I'm not going to. You can't make me. No! No! No. And friend, that is ugly, stinking, devilish stuff. And if you yield to it enough, it can ruin your life. I'm going to say something very strong. You yield to that enough, you can get in a place where God can't help you. Say what? I said it. Yeah. No, but yeah. Rebellious. And stubbornness can ruin your life. Listen to the, the Spirit of God, God himself, pleading with people. In Psalm 81 and 11, well, verse 10, I am the Lord your God which brought you out of the land of Egypt. Open your mouth wide and what will happen? Not you'll go hungry, I'll fill it. But what? But my people would not hearken to my voice. They wouldn't listen to me. Do, do you hear who's talking here? God is talking. And he said, my people wouldn't listen to me. They would none of me. Uh, we'd probably say that today. They, they would have none of it. They would have none of what I was telling them. Now, Folks don't like to think about this so much, but this is one of the biggest problems that we've got. 
People are hearing things from the Lord and they're seeing things from the Lord, but they're not acknowledging it and they don't want that to be it. And so they harden their, their hearts and stiffen their neck. They don't, want to do, they don't want to go that way. Keep reading. Verse 12. So I gave them up to their own heart's lust. I let them do what they wanted to. They walked in their own counsel. Did you know the Lord will let you do what you want to do? Did you know it will cost you? But he'll let you do whatever you want to do. He's not going to make you do it. Some people want to, want to fight that. I know my, my father in the faith, uh, Kenneth Hagin, he said he was teaching along some of these lines. Uh, it's been decades ago. He's, he's gone to heaven now. And he was talking about that God won't make you do. He won't force you to do anything. And uh, one fellow piped up and interrupted him in the service. I just believe he said that God is sovereign and God can do anything. And if he wants you to do something, then bless God, you will do it. Brother Hagin said he never even thought about it. He said, just come out of his mouth. He said, well, if he will, why don't he make you pay your tithes? He said, never even thought of it. He said, it just coming up out of his spirit. He said, the guy jumped down and ducked beneath the sea. <laughs> Why? Well, see, he wants to interrupt the service and, and do something publicly, and God just told off on him publicly in front of everybody. Well, no, God does not make you do things. Contrary to what people try to say, he will let you make your own plan, no matter how wrong it is, He will let you do your own thing no matter how stupid it is. No matter how much it costs you, He will let you. But if you're smart, you'll come back and fall in front of Him and and humble yourself and say, I need help. (laughs) I, I need your help. I am not enough on my own. I will never be enough on my own. I need your help. I need you to show me which way to go. I need you to... To show me the right decision in the right way. I need your help. And friend you can discipline yourself. To go through every day and every night. It doesn't take a a second. A moment. You don't even have to say something outside. On your job. Whatever you're doing. It doesn't take a moment to just stop. And look inside yourself. And even just. You don't have to say a word out loud. Just inside yourself say Lord. I'm asking you for help here. I need your help. Show me how to do this, please. I'm asking for your direction. I'm asking you to show me. Didn't the scripture say, in all your ways, acknowledge him and what would happen? He said, he shall direct your path. The Lord's already given you his word. That if you'll just do that, he will direct you. And in that case, you will be being led by the Spirit of God. How many know he's going to lead you to the right place every time? He's not going to lead you into failure and loss. He's going to lead you into victory. I gave them up, he said, to walk in their own heart's lust. And they walked in their own counsels. Verse 12. Verse 13. I want you to listen to the the Lord. What's he saying? Oh, that my people. Who? Who? not, Not the outside. Oh, that my people had listened to me. That my people had hearkened to me. And Israel had walked in my ways. Verse 14. I should soon have subdued their enemies. If what? If they'd listened to me. And I'd have turned my hand against their adversaries. How? What? If they'd listened to me. Verse 15. 
The haters of the Lord would have submitted themselves to him. Their time, but their time should have been endured forever. If what? If they listened to me. The next verse. He should have fed them also with the finest of the wheat, the good of the land. And with honey out of the rock should I have satisfied you. If what? If you'd listen to me. There are so many Christians, and this, this kind of irritates me. That people so many times are experiencing so much trouble and so much distress and so much awful stuff in their life. And then they say, well, we just don't understand, but it's God's will some way or another and and it's God's perfect plan. No, for you to say that everything that has happened in my life has been the perfect will of God is equal to you saying, I have only ever done the perfect will of God in my life. If you've done things that weren't the will of God, that explains why you get some things happening that's not the will of God. Come on, are you listening to me? And this is the problem. No, there's all kind of stuff happening that's not the will of God, that doesn't please God. Why? Because there's all kind of people that won't listen. Just like they are with their friends and their brothers and sisters and their co-workers, they're that same way with him. They're stubborn, hard-headed, knucklehead. Going to do it their way. Hmm? And won't listen. And it's costing them. It'll cost you in your relationships. It'll cost you in your finances. It'll cost you in your health. It'll cost you, cost you, cost you. It's the way of the proud. And the proud get resisted. What do you want? You want help. You want grace, don't you? Hmm? Let's read the rest of this. Isaiah 28 and 9. Isaiah 28 and 9 says, Whom shall he teach knowledge? And whom shall he make to understand doctrine? Them that are weaned from the milk and drawn from the breast. Precept must be upon precept. Precept upon precept. Line upon line, line upon line. Here a little, there a little. For with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to this people. Does this sound like things that would involve the Holy Spirit? Oh, certainly. To whom he said, this is the rest wherewith you may cause the weary to rest. And this is the refreshing. And yet that ought to be the end of the the, the verse. But it's not. What's What's the rest of the verse? Yet. All this is what's available. This teaching, this enlightening, this uh, precept upon precept and line upon line, this other tongues, the, all of this is available, this, this rest, this refreshing, and yet what? They wouldn't hear it. They wouldn't hear it. Skip on over for time's sake to, to Matthew now. Matthew 23. Matthew 23 and 37. Jesus, toward the end of his earthly ministry, he looked over the city of Jerusalem and he was moved. And he he cried out over the city these words, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you that kill the prophets and stone them that are sent to you, How often would I have gathered your children together, 
even as a hen gathers her chickens under her wings, can, can you hear the compassion of the Lord? What does he want to do with the whole city? What does he want to do with the whole people? What does he want to do? He said, I, I wanted you to, to come to me. I wanted to put my, put my wings over you. I wanted to protect you and feed you and help you and, and heal you and deliver you. I wanted to show you my goodness and my compassion. But what? You wouldn't do it. You wouldn't do it. You would not. You wouldn't have it. This is the problem, friends. It's not that God is cold. It's not that God doesn't care. It's not that it's God's will for people to perish and be destroyed. No, 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 no. Never has been that. What's been the problem? You would not. You wouldn't hear it. You wouldn't go that way. You wouldn't receive it. That's been the problem. Acts 7. Acts 7. The Spirit of God came on Stephen. And he's prophesying. And verse 51 Acts 7, 51, he said, you stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears. You do always do what? You resist the Holy Ghost as your fathers did. He said, that's what you're doing. You're resisting him. Now, we can't control everybody. But we can control ourselves. I said, we can control ourselves. And we can humble ourselves. In the presence of the Lord. And in order to be truly led by the Spirit, you got to be willing to hear something different than what you wanted to do. When you're Spirit led, you're not just led by what you want to do. You're not just led by what somebody else wants to do. You're not just led by the cheapest or by the closest or by the most convenient. You're led by Him, and you got to be willing to, for Him to tell you something that's different than what you'd planned. You got to be flexible. You got to be you got to be moldable, shapeable, teachable. Anybody in here willing to, to be that way? Teachable. You got to be willing. Young people, listen to me. I know maybe you got your your major picked out, you got your focus picked out. If you want to be spirit led, you got to be willing to hear something different than what you thought. You got to be willing to go a completely different direction. You got to be willing to, to work where he puts you and to stay where he puts you, go where he sends you. You got to be willing to help whoever he tells you to help, whether you think you like their personality or whether you don't. You got to be willing to be led by, by his direction, not just by how much you'd make an hour or by what the kids want to do or by what my folks want to do or. There are a thousand and one things that will try to lead you every day and night of your life. Not the least of which is your own wants and desires. One of the biggest enemies to doing it his way is doing it your way. But I believe, I'm talking to some people that don't want to live like the ungodly world. They don't want to live even like clueless religious people. They want to live in the light, in reality. They want to get up every morning and go to bed every night 
Checking in on him. Checking with him. Checking with him. Checking with him. Checking with him. Lord, show me. Lord, help me. Lord, open my eyes. Show me which way to go, please. I'm asking you and looking and being genuinely willing to go wherever, however, do it his way. And friend, you if you do, you'll be one of the, he'll respond to you because when you draw near to him, he draws near to you. And when you do, you'll be one of the relatively few on the planet that learns to live this glorious spirit-led life. It is the most exciting. You will wind up in places you never imagined you would wind up. You'll wind up with people and doing things. You'll see miracles. You'll see breakthroughs. You'll see provision like you never imagined. Phyllis and I'm telling the truth. God has done things with us and involved us in things we never imagined. And it's because he said go this way and we, we, we learn to quit saying why and how come and what's the point. Just go that way. And one step leads to something else, leads to something else, leads to something else. And you look up, next thing you know, tears of joy coming down your cheeks going, oh God, you are so good. How did you get me here? And how did this happen? And Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You'll never get that just making decisions out of your head or out of needs and fears and these things. You only get it led by the Spirit. Stand on your feet, everybody. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.